What does one of the leading CEOs in one of the largest leading business associations in the world have to say about small business? Today, we talk to the CEO of the International Franchise Association, Matt Holler, and find out. Welcome to Start With a Win, where we talk franchising, leadership, and business growth. Let's go. And coming to you from Start With A Win headquarters here at Area 15 Ventures, it's Adam Contos with Start With A Win. Today we have a good friend, amazing guest, somebody I've known for quite a few years. Matt Holler is the president and CEO of the International Franchise Association, otherwise known as the IFA, the world's largest trade association representing franchising worldwide. The IFA represents thousands of franchisors, franchisees, and suppliers works in Washington, D.C., across the country, and around the world to protect, enhance, and promote franchising. Matt's been with the IFA for 12 years. In 2021, Matt moved to the role of president and CEO. He's doing a great job. I'm on the board of the IFA from his previous position as head of government relations and public affairs. Under Matt's leadership, the IFA continues to grow really well, expanding educational event and promotional offerings across all of franchising while leading the charge to protect the business model in new and innovative ways. Folks, this is about small business all over the world. It has a huge impact on it. Listen to this podcast and you'll find out why. Matt, welcome to Start With a Win. What's up, Adam? Great to be here. Hey, it's great to see you. So we have a lot to talk about today, but you know, I mentioned to everybody, I'm on the board of the IFA. So you and I get to talk about franchising quite a bit. And we, you know, we probably converse at least a couple times a month. But if you can share with our guests as the CEO of the IFA, what are some insights into the current state of the franchise industry in 2023? Yeah, I mean, franchising, it always tends to perform a little bit better than the overall economy. And I think that like, if there's one word maybe to, to put around franchising and how it's doing right now, I would say resilient. Uh, it's incredibly resilient business model. Is franchising perfect? Is it growing as fast as you know, every franchisor would like it to grow? Is every franchisee's bottom line you know, as strong as they want it to be right now? No. I mean, we're dealing with major, major changes in the economy that are impacting the franchise model at every single level, whether it's inflation or supply chain or labor or just, you know, geopolitical uh, or U.S. domestic political kind of uncertainty, right? Like that impacts franchising in every single way, just like the rest of the economy. But our members, uh, franchisors, franchisees and suppliers, like the model is resilient. It's growing. Um, and, you know, there are certain sectors that are growing, you know, stronger than than others. Uh, there are certain areas of the country that are growing, you know, more aggressively uh, than others. We can get into that uh, depending on how in the weeds you want to go. Uh, we look at this with Fran Data, our economic uh, research partners at the beginning of the year. Uh, and we, we, you know, we, we have, you know, great insights and great research at the IFA. It's part of the, the value of the organization is, you know, publishing information uh, for the public and for our members to kind of benchmark how they're doing uh, against the, the, the trends that we see. Awesome. And, you know, this is not a pitch to join the IFA, but if anybody on here would love to join, we'd love to have you. The, um, the like you said, franchise.org, by the way, uh, and you can get all this uh, and anything there, including membership information or research. Research is free. Uh, for anybody in the general public. 
There you go. And frankly, I mean, if you're with a uh, local community or something like that, or your business uh, is local, then I would encourage you to go to franchise.org and take a look at that because it will kind of tell you what's, you know, what you can expect in business. Um, what, you know, franchising has been around since uh, I think the it started becoming regulated in the 1960s and 1970s through the Federal Trade Commission. It is a regulated industry. Everybody has to file franchise disclosure document. And we're getting caught up on that right now, I guess. Um, and I know the IFA is pivotal. I'm on the on the committee to help um, with educating the government. Where Do you see a disconnect going on as you know, uh, a trend in the space. You mentioned government changes, yeah. things like that. Um, where are we at with that? And, um, you know, what do we need to do in order to make sure that franchising is safe and secure for our local franchisees and our communities to continue to grow their small business? Yeah, I think disconnect is a really good way to, to think about it. So free enterprise and, and franchising as a component of the free enterprise system, like it advances more quickly than government regulations keep up with with it. And I, I think that's generally okay. Uh, I think what we have right now, though, in franchising is the franchise disclosure document and the franchise rule that the Federal Trade Commission has in place. You know, it really has not kept kept up with the with the pace of wit, of franchise development and, and the, 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 the rapid use of the franchise model. And the idea, if you put on a, a regulator hat here, is we we are concerned about you know protecting the consumer, and the consumer in in our case is the prospective franchisee. And, and the thing about the IFA and, and franchisors is you know they want to protect the consumer too. I mean, the last thing that anybody that's in business or should be in franchising, you know, really should want is to have. Uh, you know, misaligned information um, or understanding of the relationship and the obligations that are on each side of that relationship after you enter into the term uh, of the franchise agreement. And I think the group that, that you mentioned, Adam, that you're involved with, which the IFA is leading, is you know looking at it from a from a from a free market perspective uh, with all of the stakeholders. We call it the IFA kitchen table, bringing in to, together franchisors, franchisees, and suppliers. You know, those that are in the third party, you know, lead generation business, which is critical. Uh, you know, what what are our ideas for evolving disclosure laws at the federal level to bring them up to speed with the way that, you know, prospective franchisees consume information today um, while maintaining protections uh, for those prospective franchisees and ensuring that, you know, franchising can still continue to thrive uh, and, and, and kind of raise the bar for uh, for the franchising ecosystem in a way that that works for the the private sector, but that also continues to ensure that government, uh, you know, can 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 protect uh, the the business model and protect the consumers, which is which is their role. And this is this is a function of the government working with the private sector in order to provide consumer protection, not only for those in the private sector getting into the business, but also the overall end consumer. So it's. It's fascinating how all of this plays together. And this this covers, you know, for all of our listeners here, we have a lot of people in um, small business, entrepreneurs, real estate, uh, real estate franchising, things like that. Um, you know, real estate is essentially, you know, a sub substantial part of the GDP itself, the real estate transactions that happen uh, across the U.S. And I'm talking about the gross domestic product of the U.S. But franchising also is like three to four percent of the gross domestic product. So we're talking about a substantial amount of economic impact 
that small business and franchising has on our our local communities. Uh, Matt, you mentioned um, you know some of the trends. Can you give us some of the areas where you're seeing franchising really start to to explode and a lot of growth going on, and maybe some places where it's slowing down? Yeah. So in terms of geography, you know, states in the southeast and the southwest uh, are experiencing the fastest uh, franchise business growth in 2023. So places like Texas, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, North and South Carolina, your home state of Colorado. Uh, Arizona are, are some of the top states uh, for franchise growth. The franchise, the Southeast being being the, the highest. Uh, in terms of sectors, uh, service related businesses uh, and quick service restaurants are going to see the highest rate of growth uh, in 2023. And service is a broad category, so it's business to business services, uh, you know, sign making franchises and things like that. Uh, quick service restaurants, the category that. Uh, people tend to think of the most when they think about you know, the franchise community, uh, but I think that's that, that continues to be a, a really strong category within within restaurants, and and I mean you you know this in in, in your sector, uh, the, the the shrinking of the uh, the real estate footprint uh, coming out of COVID and the trend towards you know drive-throughs and third-party delivery and the ability to you know really leverage. Uh, and monetize a business without as much of a physical real estate footprint is something that we're seeing a lot of innovation on. And I know one of the other questions you want to talk about is technology. And uh, maybe we can fast forward to that here because we're seeing it across, you know, all all different aspects of the uh, of the franchise economy. Sure. All right. Let's jump into that. Let's jump into tech here real quick. We're going to we're going to bounce around a little bit in the franchise space and also in the small business space. So keep listening to this. A lot of great small business tips come up here. Um you know, Matt mentioned uh, me being in the food space. Yes, we have two food concepts, but also, obviously, I I still have my um, a little bit of one of my toes in one in the real estate space for some of the the service providers and and such. There, um, Matt, what are you guys seeing on your end when it comes to technological innovation? And let me ask you this: This is you know the elephant in the room. How is AI playing into this also? Yeah, well, I was just telling you before we got on the, the live camera here about a conference I was at actually in Colorado Springs earlier this week. And, and for associations, it was, a, it was a group of association leaders, everybody talking about how are we, you know, deliver using artificial intelligence and technology to deliver better value uh, to, to our members. And I think you mentioned education as an area we've been growing and technology plays, you know, a really big role in that. I think increasingly as we move into uh, next couple of years here, uh, you know, how consumers look for and find information about franchising uh, using, you know, a almost like a like a chat GPT for, you know, educating themselves about information, but within, you know, the franchise.org, you know, ecosystem, right, that could be a really powerful way for us to deliver information to a prospective franchisee. And back to the, the earlier point, you know, what's the role that the association you know, can and should be playing in getting better information to a, uh, you know, tire kicker that might be looking at uh, a franchise opportunity. I think for our members, you know, artificial intelligence and technology, I mean, it's impacting every aspect uh, of the business. I think the Fran Dev area is the, is the area that is, 
you know, most interesting um, to, to me right now in, the, in kind of the, 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 that impacts everybody uh, across the franchising ecosystem. Uh, they're at every conference that, you know, I've been to in the last six months, including the IFA convention and our recently just completed uh, franchise customer experience conference uh, and a few others. You know, there's there's at least one session specifically on artificial intelligence uh, and its role uh, in, in the franchise model. Uh, but to me, franchise development uh, and and lead sourcing uh, with using artificial intelligence to to help get better information uh, into the hands of people more quickly uh, and more accurately, I think is is really really compelling. And by franchise development, can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, what I mean by that for those that are you know, maybe outside the, the franchise community, it's franchise sales. So how how is a franchisor uh, reaching a potential? Uh, franchise lead uh, through their own websites, through you know third-party uh, relationships, be they brokers or franchise uh, development companies uh, that they might outsource with, uh, through uh, portals uh, online, whether it's you know media companies that are out there like Entrepreneur, uh, or you know some that are specific within the, within the franchise channel, uh, and then just you know online advertising and, and things like that. Gotcha, and. You know, obviously, AI is uh, transformational in a lot of these spaces. One of the things we don't talk about is how the technology impacts the one of the biggest challenges that we have in franchising, and that's personnel. You know, obviously, um, you know, how many how many employees are in franchises in the U.S.? About eight million. Eight million. Okay, so uh, folks, if you can think about how much of a lift it is. In the call it eight hundred thousand franchise locations, you've got eight million employees. Um, Matt, how does how does technology play into these employees and in, in maybe recruitment retention or you know longevity things like, or even replacement? I mean, how does that play in? Are you seeing? Yeah, I, I look at it. I try to come at it from like what are the positives um, when we think about you know technology, right? And, and so I think about how much more quickly. Can you develop a piece of content, whether it's content for a consumer, whether it's content for, a, you know, a piece, uh, you know, on, on franchise development? Uh, it, I, I think, how do we work, you know, smarter, not harder? And how do we accelerate, you know, some of the things that that we do that bog us down? I mean, I was listening to the speaker at the conference I was just talking about, who, you know, is literally, you know, one of the foremost uh, AI experts. And I think he said he's done 300 talks with, you know, he was invited to go speak to the Pope about um, artificial intelligence. <laughs> and so he's heading out to Venice next week to do that. And, you know, he was saying he's using AI within his email, right, to, to just draft email responses. I mean, we all have this, you know, f- at least for me, I have all these flagged emails, you know, things people I need to get back to. And it's not that I don't want to get back to them. It's that I want to, th- I need to think about how I want to frame that response. And, you know, there's there's a website that uh, that he talked about, um, you know, can AI do that? I think dot com is is the website. And so there's all these, you know, there's all there, there's hundreds of companies that have started just in the last six months um, that are that are developing artificial intelligence to make us all more effective and efficient in every way of our lives. And the more effective and efficient we are, we're all dealing with burnout. Right. So, you know, if we can create more time in our day to spend, you know, Zip lining, like I was, you know, two, two, two days ago in Colorado, or just time with our family, or just time for like mental health or exercise, like that's that's a win. So I think we need to think about it more from like what does it create 
for us, which is time. Like that's the only thing that is, is, uh, is limited in each and every one of our days. And I don't know a lot of people that want to spend more time, you know, physically doing tasks that could, that could be, you know, uh, optimized through the use of artificial intelligence. So I think there is a fear, but I think let's look at it from, from the positive. And that's a great point because ultimately why do people buy a franchise? They buy a franchise for two reasons, for time and money. I mean, ultimately that's it. And if you take in, you know, combine time and money together, what does that give you? Theoretically, it gives you freedom. So, you know, that that's really what franchising is about is creating freedom. And it, you know, it's a, it's a license to operate that way based upon a proven uh, track record and system. So, um, you know, this is this is a fascinating uh, direction we've taken. This, what do you what do you see as the future of franchising? I mean, it's you know we're going through a time right now where we have some um, you know I'm not trying to get political, but we have some heavy regulation coming down on franchising and small business in a lot of places with like joint employer um, you know type of liability. Uh, you know, we're we've got. Uh, efforts to maximize or really start to increase these minimum wage positions out of minimum wage positions, uh, which creates an onus situation for the consumer because ultimately prices have to go up yeah. for stuff like that, or the business can't continue to operate. I mean, there's, there's all these different pressures going on. You know, if you looked at your crystal ball and said, you know, three to five years from now, franchising Granted, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to predict the pandemic or any of that stuff going on. And you and I both went through that in franchising. Yes. But I mean, where, what direction do you see going, you know, going with this and what are you optimistic about? Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to my resilient uh, point. I think the model itself is incredibly resilient. You mentioned the political and sort of government pressures that are you know, coming at us. Look, that's the re- that's our niche, right? When we think about, you know, what does IFA do uniquely? you know, that nobody else does and uniquely well, you know, we protect the business model. So we will be engaged in every one of those government relations, you know, advocacy issues, whether it's Congress or the Federal Trade Commission or the Labor Department or, you know, the state of California, wherever else something might might come at us. And, you know, we will ensure that the model will continue to thrive and we will have a seat at that table uh, with government. And we need our members. We need the franchise community, you know, with us. It's not just people that are paid to do these things. You know, we need people that are experts that are living and breathing it. We call them, you know, our grassroots. And I mentioned 8 million workers, 800,000 businesses, 3,000 brands, and 600 supplier companies. You know, every single one of those people has a role to play in helping us educate about why franchising works, where it can be improved, uh, and why we don't want the overreach uh, of the government in different uh, issues or ways that are being proposed. Awesome. What are you seeing... So on a, um, you know, I mentioned personnel. Franchising is a people business. Um, What are you seeing as far as the opportunities with that people business? You know, we've got unemployment fluctuating, what call it three and a half to five and a half percent, something like that, depending on where you're at, maybe more in some places. Um, But what, what do you see as a good opportunity for franchises to grow and these businesses to grow uh, and, you know, or maybe somebody wants to open more, but they're like, I can't get people. Um, any, any thoughts on that? Since yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Out? I'll take it two ways. So at the franchisor side, I think we continue to see franchising, you know, kind of as a category or as a, I know we're not an industry, but, you know, as a, as a career path, 
right? Uh, and that's something that the IFA and, you know, organizations like, like you all with the University of Denver and programs like the Certified Franchise Executive Program and our different partnerships, you know, we're investing in the need for talent at the franchise or level in particular and in the supplier category where people that do, you know, development, operations, law, technology, but with a specific understanding of, of, of franchising. So, you know, the sector, the number of franchisors, I think that will just continue to grow. So the number of people that need to understand franchising uh, is going to continue to grow. And we need to continue to invest in education about, you know, people in colleges and universities and early stage in their career, that franchising is a place that you can go and spend 30 years in a career and be really damn successful. I think on the franchisee side, uh, where we really have you know, a significant, you know, uh, lower wage and um, less less skilled um, work. We just don't have enough people in this country, right? I mean, the answer there is immigration reform, right? And so that is the key to unlocking so much economic growth, not just in franchising, but across, you know, a whole host of industries. I'll go back to this conference I was at uh, this week and representatives from, you know, groups like the beer wholesalers to, you know, the banking industry to, you know, the farm, you know, the corn refiners, you know, all these different associations and people who are different areas of the economy, everybody's saying the same thing. We don't have enough labor availability in this country. And immigration has become so political, like so much of these policy issues that are real challenges. We need to make immigration more of an economic argument um, and less of a political argument. It's not a Republican or a Democratic issue. You know, it's it's an economic issue. And it's something that's going to make this country continue to stand up against, you know, global superpowers like China and others, you know, that are that are, you know, coming for us. And so I, I think that is is the case for giving somebody that might be concerned about, you know, labor availability and shortage um, and hesitating on, you know, adding another restaurant or, you know, even entering uh, the franchise sector because they hear about the challenge of labor. To me, the, the answer there is immigration. That's a that's a great point, Matt. Uh, and it's it's fascinating when you look at that, because when you, you take a look at intrinsically what people want to do, they want to get better and they want to contribute. I mean, that's really what we're what we're created for. So, uh, you know, as a franchise organization, franchise or, or franchisee, that should be part of your values is to help people get better at what they do and contribute to something in the community. So, um, yeah. And I think, you know, what we found in some of our research is, is yes, we face all these same challenges that other people face, but back to the resiliency of the model, like franchisors and franchisees are in this together, uh, you know, in a good franchise system and ferreting out, you know, what is your franchisor going to do to continue to support, you know, your labor challenges? You're not going to, the franchisor is not going to set the wages, the benefits, the pay, they're not going to hire directly, but there are things that brands and franchisees through associations, uh, franchisee associations are doing to help address, uh, you know, labor availability, labor shortage, you know, work on, you know, uh, co-ops and things like that for pooling resources around benefit programs, um, tuition reimbursement, transportation. So there are things and economies of scale in franchising that you're not going to get in other forms of business ownership uh, that are unique to the model and, you know, are ultimately what drives that resiliency and that success of franchising. Awesome. Some great information here. Matt Holler is CEO of the International Franchise Association. Make sure you check them out at franchise.org. And they're also on all the social media channels. Uh, They've got a great deal of current news and data out there. Uh, I I go to their website quite frequently to catch up on 
not just franchising, but, you know, the economy and the direction and, and personnel and things like that, because it is important to small business and all business for that matter. Uh, Matt, I have a question I ask all of our great guests on the show, and that's how do you start your day with a win? Yeah. So you mentioned our mission statement is protect, enhance, promote franchising, and that is PEP for short. Uh, so what I do, it's a double shot of uh, espresso and Americano. Just like that's that's like the first thing I do to start my day with a win and just, you know, rock it from there. So. Right on. Well, Matt, it's great to see you again. Um, look forward to seeing you in person, uh, you know, hopefully this month. I think you're coming back out to Colorado. For I'll be something. out there. Yeah, the 19th of July. So I'll see you then. Right Adam. on. Awesome. And everybody, take a look at franchising. It is an incredible way of, um, you know, not just building a business, replacing a paycheck, whatever. It's about building an asset and creating something greater for your community that that pays you back. So uh, take a look at franchising. If you have any questions, uh, reach out to me here at Start With A Win or to the International Franchise Association. They're happy to uh, answer any of your questions and um, you know help you think through some things. Until then, thank you for being on Start With A Win, everybody. And Matt, thank you for being on Start With A Win with us. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for joining us on Start With A Win. Be sure to like and subscribe to this episode and share it with your friends. Also, be sure to check out Adam on YouTube at Adam Canto CEO, as well as on all the social media platforms. And don't forget, start with a win.